Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet with a severe hankering for some potato products. I'm talking baked potatoes, potato fries, uh, fried potatoes, uh, waffle fries, uh, potato chips, whatever you get, potatoes. I think it's just deep fried potatoes. You can bake them, you can ball them, you can brawl them, saute them. The noobs and the Whovian, my name is Austin. And I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode every week and then discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And two sons who haven't. So welcome, everyone, to episode number 45, covering season four, episodes four and five, the Santaran Stratagem and the Poison Sky. This is the one where the doctor, Donna, and Rose, I mean, uh, Martha, invent the most violent recipe for baked potatoes ever. Remember when Martha left the phone with the doctor? Well, it's ringing, and she says she's bringing the doctor back to Earth. She needed an expert on alien technology to help UNIT figure out what the deal is with these Atmos car car systems. They're on half the cars on the planet, but something strange is happening. Apparently, 52 people spread across 11 time zones all died at the exact same moment in an Atmos car. Turns out the Atmos system is part of the Santaran stratagem. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) The Santarans enlisted the help of super genius mega nerd Luke Radigan, and they are Santaraforming Earth as a new cloning planet for their army. Obviously, the Doctor won't stand for this. He develops a plan to turn Luke's terraforming gizmo into a bomb to blow up the Santaran ship. But he has to give them a choice. Leave now, or be destroyed. Luke decides to take his place at the last second and blows up his one-time allies. Earth is safe again, and it's time for Martha to say goodbye again. But the TARDIS suddenly takes off, out of control. The end. Story number 192, originally airing April 26th and May 3rd of 2008 uh, to 7.06 and 6.53 million viewers. So once again, 500,000 people mm-hmm. just never found out mm-hmm. whether or not Earth survived well, I mean, it's, the Sun it's always, stratagem. It's always higher or lower. It's got to be. But like... Then it makes you wonder. I don't know which one I, I wonder about more. The ones where mm-hmm. half a million people decided not to tune in or the ones where half a million people tune in and go, what? I think the ones <laughs> hey, that what tuned even in. Happened? Who are these big potato looking gentlemen? Well, I, I feel like for them, it's kind of intentional on some part to skip one and then they're left with half of a two-parter. Yeah, maybe it was just a nice day and they decided to go for a walk. I'd, I just you wouldn't skip those because... The seasons are formatted in such a way that the two-parters always You guys have no concept of live on-the-air television with no, like, streaming after (laughs) the fact. Y'all just have no concept. There are entire swaths of Star Trek Voyager, entire seasons of Star Trek Voyager that I didn't see for five or six years after it went off the air because if you didn't see it, that's it. (laughs) Like... Maybe you catch it in a rerun, maybe you don't. But That's why guys, I'll always be watching TV. I'm going to point out, we've gone on our first rabbit trail just talking about the, the viewership of this episode. So, <laughs> so back on track. Uh, Welcome was, to Noobs in the Hoover. Yeah, that's right, where we chase rabbits. Uh, this was uh, written by Helen Rayner. Uh, she did Daleks in Manhattan slash Evolution of the Daleks. And then she also, uh, she was a script editor for like tons of episodes um, in the first four series uh, uh, but wasn't really involved heavily in the writing except for these four episodes, the mm-hmm. Daleks in Manhattan, Evolution of the Daleks, and then these two that we're talking about this week. Uh, it was directed by Douglas McKinnon. Uh, Douglas, this was actually his first 
um, time in the director's chair here at Doctor Who, not not in general, but for Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cast this week, we've got two big cast members that I want to talk about. The first is General Stahl, played by Christopher Ryan. And uh, Christopher actually appeared in 1986's episode called Mind Warp uh, that featured the sixth the Doctor playing a character named Keeve, I guess. K-I-V, Keeve, Kiv, Kive, something. Um, just some green... It's it's another dude in green. a suit. It was some green alien. It yeah, looked like a sentient asparagus or something. I don't know what that thing was. It was the 80s. Okay. Was it a celery? <laughs> that wasn't. Did that it wasn't turn six, purple? That wasn't six. Yeah, but that would be Did that would be absolutely purple? hilarious. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he turned purple when the doctor got close to him. Um, <laughs> but uh, so he played he played Kiev, 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 whatever it is. Um, back in '86. So here he is back as Stahl. Obviously, Stahl dies at the end of this. Ep- uh, well, these two episodes. Bizarre. But he's actually going to be back as Commander Stark. Another. Uh, Sontaran in Pandorica here. Opens. Yeah, you're going to notice a, a, a thing. Uh, Pandorica Opens is a great episode uh, during Matt Smith's tenure, and um, the thing that you can kind of get away with uh, with mm-hmm. the... Well, let, let's come back to that, but you can get away with this with the Sontarans. You can do this a lot. Because they're clones? For example, in this episode, Score and Scree... <laughs> Are both played are, by are y'all Dan Starkey. The pattern here? Yeah, Score and Scree also uh, both played by Dan Starkey. Um, I thought it was interesting that Dan Starkey plays Score and Scree, mm-hmm. and then Christopher Ryan later on goes to play Stark. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Starkey plays two Santarans in this same episode um, because as we'll, we'll just go ahead and mention this part. Mm-hmm. The Santarans are a clone race, right? Mm-hmm. So you can totally get away with the fact that it, wait a minute. Did we just see that guy? Oh, he's got a different name. Must be a different clone. Cool. Mm-hmm. Moving right along. Um, he is going to be back in, uh, as another Santaran named Jask. Oh, come on. You broke the pattern. I man. know the SK is right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, in the, um, I say in the next season episode, The End of Time, it's actually not next season. It's one of the uh, David Tennant specials. Uh, So in The End of Time, he'll be back as Jask. He will also be back as Scar, uh, S-K-A-R-R. That's the same thing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Scar, score, scar, scree, scree, scree. Now you're just making noises. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be back as Scar in The Time of the Doctor, which if uh, if memory serves right, I think The Time of the Doctor is no i'm thinking of the day of the doctor time of the doctor is a different one never mm. um and he also um played a few other random roles mm. on doctor who as well as the sarah jane adventures he actually played a Santaran, i think on an episode of sarah jane adventures so um he's kind of another dude in a suit um but actually there's a lot of those there yeah there yeah, are yeah, the one guy that plays yeah. a ton of aliens. <laughs> right. Um, but the most important thing about uh, Dan Starkey, he is Strax. And this name rings a bell, this, but I don't remember why. Strax, I've mentioned before, when I've been excited about getting to the Santarans because they introduce, the, they, this episode introduces this, or reintroduces the Santarans, which opens up the door later on for Strax. Strax oh, is yeah. a Santaran. favorite character. That's right. Huh? He's your favorite character. Uh, he's he's one of my faves. I mean, he's not like my all-time favorite character in Doctor Who. Best but, ever. Um, I love Strax. He is a he's a Santaran who um, 
plays a very pivotal role down the road. Okay. And, um, he is hilarious. And what's funny is he, you know, looks exactly the same and sounds exactly the same as he does in this episode. I didn't realize that it was the same same actor until, and I'm telling you though, the first sentence that that guy said on this episode, I was like, Oh my gosh, it's Strax. I was like, how is Strax here? But then we, we always, we've started watching with the subtitles on and, um, it had his name listed as hear anything on our TV. Right. Um, we, the dialogue had him listed as score and I was like, score. Who's that? So it's not, so it's not Strax, but it's the same, it's the exact same actor. And I mean, he's got this mm-hmm. distinctive voice. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much you guys picked up on it because General mm-hmm. Stahl did a lot more of the talking in this one. Yeah. And he has a very distinctive voice as well. Um, but Strax has this, he, he has this very distinct voice that his, his voice is part of why I love him. He just, he kills me mm. dead. And in this episode, you know, it's, it's a different Sontaran. So he's got a different personality of a sort. Um, but it was still just good to hear his voice and see see that baked potato face of his. Jask, so. you disappoint. Do what now? <laughs> Jask disappoints. Ah, yes. Stall scores Scree, Scar, Strax, Jask. Jask. What? Uh, Combo breaker. All right. Uh, miscellaneous trivia. I thought this was interesting. Um, the last two-parter that Helen Rayner wrote, we mentioned, uh, Daleks in Manhattan slash the evolution of the Daleks, that was series three, episode four and five. Mm-hmm. Here she is writing yeah. another two-parter, series four, episode four and five. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. Illuminati confirmed, right? Uh, I, I don't know why, but <laughs> numbers, conspiracies, things. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Cool, let's go with that. Israel. <laughs> All right, let's hit the checklist. The baddie of the week, as we've already said, is the Santarans. Um <laughs> Uh, my, my opening line here was they're talking baked potatoes who think that we look like pink weasels. Um, there was apparently, uh, uh, oh no, never mind. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping on toes. Let me, I, I, I'm going to have to bite my tongue on a couple of things about the sun. Stepping but, on toes? Uh, yeah. I like, I'm, I'm, I'm stealing somebody's thunder. I'm getting in somebody's way and saying stuff that's going to be said. Jared's. Like, Jared's stuff. I'm stepping on Jared's toes. Sorry, Jared. Um, they are a warrior race. They're a cloned race, as we said before. No, um, it said, they said that they were the best warriors in the universe or whatever, but what I thought the, the Daleks Dalek? said the same thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, like how many times can you say it? You know, the, the Daleks are the most feared, most dangerous things in the universe until we meet the Cybermen. And then they're the most, you know, terrifying things the doctors ever met. And then now we have the Suntarans. So basically uh-huh. it's, you know... It's the problem that any long-running show. Is the worst it, yeah, that's that's the problem. Is that weeping angels? The longer you have a, yeah, because I think he called the weeping angels one of the most dangerous beings in all the universe. The problem is, as long as this show has been dangerous. running, huh? They can't all be the most dangerous, Doctor. Come right. on, get right. facts right. Come on, <laughs> come on, get it again. Come on. But yeah, I mean, you have this problem where. The, the more you use a villain, the more watered down they get. So you kind of have to introduce the next big bad guy. Mm-hmm. But Doctor Who, like, Daleks. constantly brings back the last big bad. Daleks. You know? So, yeah, exactly. So um, their, uh, their only weakness is uh, they've got a little hole on the, on the back of their neck. And so you just uh, bump that thing and it, it just kind of knocks them unconscious. Um, <laughs> I, I put in my or notes here. Or kills them. What's that? Or kills them. Depends. 
Yeah, I guess it depends on how hard you hit them. Um, I kind of liken these to the Klingons of the Hooniverse, basically. They relish, yeah, they relish battle, glory, death, honor, you know, all these kinds of things. They're your typical warrior race in sci-fi. We covered that one, um, that one episode of Star Trek and there was Klingons that weren't even fully Klingon, but they were like, it would be more of an honor for you to kill us than to have never existed at all. Yeah. The children of time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And that's the thing is, um, they, they are that stereotypical warrior race. It's, you know, he says that they've been at war with the Rutans for 50,000 years. I mean, a race that's been at war in the same war Mm -hmm. for 50,000 years. They were sad that they weren't in the great time war. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were sad that but, they skipped out on war. Right, yeah. It was like, hey, guys, like, we were right here. You could have just called. We would have, like, come and killed uh-huh. some people. Yeah. But what's funny they is... They killed them all. They... What, what's interesting to me about them is, I mean, so far, anything I've ever seen about the uh, the Santarans, they are all in. Like, they don't ever blink from this is who we are and this is how we, we are. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the stratagem fails, right? And so... No problem. Stahl's like, all right, guys, the whole poison sky thing didn't work out. We're just going to go down and straight up murder him like normal. Plan A. And Yeah, and he's actually like... That was plan A. Right. They used plan B first. (laughs) (laughs) Plan A is always attack, yeah. Um, A for attack. I love it. (laughs) What's plan A? Attack. It's got two A's in it. I mean, but when General Stahl... When the plan fails, it's like he's excited. So like, yes, we Ooh, get to kill people with yeah. our bare hands. He's like, glorious battle will be joined. You know, there will be blood. Rejoice. There will be death. And yes, yes, rejoice. rejoice. You know, form your, your battle lines. Rejoice. We're going into battle. And then when, um, I think it's when Score dies, um, he he's the one. Glorious. Uh, what is it? He's like, glorious. That's the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Glorious. You know, he's just like, ah. Uh, Death. You kill oh, me. I love it. How awesome, you know. And um, it's so I, just I wanna, as how I expected it. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's everything I hoped it would be. <laughs> so they, I love that they they never back down. And and again, the doctor says they have one weakness, to which Stahl says we have no weakness. You know, but uh, which now that I think about, we have no weakness. But then they get killed by. Bullets, which makes no well, he sense. didn't mean that they were like invincible, but like you know, we have no weakness, we're all straight, anyways. Um, okay. the fact that, um, I like the way you said, <laughs> I like the way you said they got killed by bullets. Yes. Like, I hate to break you it to you, son, but you can be killed by bullets. Like, <laughs> but their armor looks like that could hold up pretty well. Their armor and looks like apparently they puffy vests died. from the 80s, is what they look like, but what, what. It should just Probably be titanium. No, vibranium. Vibranium? No, uh, no, no, no. Dalekanium. Yes. I said their <laughs> ship looks like it's made from Dalekanium. It did. It, it had the did. little knobby yeah, things. But, anyways. but, but those were the things that shot off. They were those. They were, they were, right. Those were right. The yeah, those yeah. are the pods. Still, though, when it first started panning out, I was like, oh, my gosh, is that a Dalek, Dalek. ship? Because I, I was like, did I forget that the Daleks are actually in here? But um, so Dalek's anyway, and Cybermen. I lo- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where did y'all come from? I love that their, their one weakness is actually a strength. It's that they cannot turn their back on the enemy. They can never run away because then they're exposing their only weakness. Oh, well, I wouldn't call I like, that That's a really cool. strength, I guess. But I mean, it's a strength for they a race get- that thrives on battle. 
So like true. you can never back down, even if you want to. Which is probably to. why that's you right. said we have no weaknesses. That's right. I love what the doctor said, but it's a good weakness. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what he was saying. Yeah, exactly. That's it what, is. That's what he was saying. So, all right, uh, let's take a look here. Uh, the rest of the checklist, the well count. We got four of them this week. Um, Martha says, I learned from the best. And he goes, well. And Stahl says, how do you know all this? And he says, well, because uh, Stahl doesn't know who he is yet. Uh, he talks about, um, it's good to have the old team back together. Well, the new team. Yeah. <laughs> the old team back together. It's like, they've never met, doctor. Okay. Uh, the Santarans are getting for war. And, well, you know, I've calibrated this for Santaran air when he's about to take the... Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, terraforming gizmo up to blow up the ship. That was insane so. when he lit the whole um, atmosphere on fire. Like, uh, that one little yeah. shot lit the whole atmosphere on fire, and none of it went away till it was entirely flames. Right, and the, the, the big problem with that is that, that and I, I, had this, I had this thought when I was a kid that the atmosphere... I don't know why. I think it was. I think it was taught to me poorly the first time, or maybe I misunderstood my teacher the first time I, I was taught about what the atmosphere is. And I thought the atmosphere was more like a shell around the planet, mm-hmm. and this was kind of treating the atmosphere that way, right? Because mm-hmm. it it quote burned off the atmosphere. Oh. It burned all the well. It bo- or, excuse me. It burned off the poison gas out of the atmosphere, mm-hmm. but it stopped about a, a you know a hundred stories up in the air. Yeah. So that means, first of all, that that makes it sound like the atmosphere doesn't come all the way down to the ground. Yeah. And secondly, apparently it it didn't burn off the stuff that was on yes. the ground. Plus, all the planes that thought they were safe were dead. Oh, well, I'd imagine there were probably not very many planes in the air at this time. But but sure. we did we did laugh about how like any Corbin said any building over a hundred stories is gone now. Like, and then yeah. we see a building get hit by the yeah. wall. Of and it flames. seemed to be just like, it was totally fine. Like how no much buildings. repair are you going to have to make? Right. So again, it's one of those, it's one of those situations where like, it's better than everyone on the planet dying, I suppose. Yeah. But well, yeah, I just, when I was a kid, I uh, didn't know we like converted, I guess, uh, oxygen into CO2. So I was like, what happens when all the oxygen gets breathed by all us humans sucking down oxygen? All of a sudden, Corbin's like holding his breath. Son, what are you doing? I'm saving us all. All right. um, I'm sorry. Hey, we had an I'm sorry. We haven't had one in a while. We got one. Donna says... Uh, the doctor is telling Donna he's she's got to get out of the TARDIS and and do some stuff on the Santarin ship, and Donna says the Santarin is going to kill her, kill me. He says I'm sorry, I know I'm so sorry, but you know I have no other choice. So that brings our running count up to seven. Oh, uh, our our um, our well count is up to forty six as of the end of this episode. Alonzi, we got no Alonzi, but we got an Avanti. What? And when the doctor said that, I was like, uh. On a what? Wait, what? Mm-hmm. The, okay, so the Wikia had an interesting idea. Um, Avanti is is Italian. It's basically Italian for Alonzi. <laughs> it's like, let's go, come on. And um, what the Wiki said was, this may have been the doctor trying to trip up the Martha clone. Because when he said it, he said it to the Martha clone. Yes. Yeah. So if he had said Avanti... To the real Martha, Martha would have looked at him like, what? what? Don't you mean like Alonzi? You know? And yeah. so the fact that she didn't react tipped him off, like confirmed what he was already thinking. Well, I mean, she has the same memories. So I don't know. 
Oh, that's a good Why point. Why yeah. react? Oh, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's bull crap then. Okay, anyways. We're going to have to come back Stupid. to the existentialism of this episode because watching yourself die. Put it down in the let's talk about because we, we don't have anything down there. So, um, yes. We did get a what. The, uh, the TARDIS took off on its own and we got a what. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, we got an oi from Donna. She said, oi, you lot, how are you feeling? I don't know. I don't, I don't. <laughs> Dad doesn't know how to talk like a British. I don't remember what you said. Oi, how's it going? <laughs> I don't, I hope we don't have many British listeners because I think you just offended them all. <laughs> uh, I just love that that was your impression of Donna. Oh uh, yeah, right. Okay, um, we didn't get any runs. Nothing was impossible. Uh, the Time War. Uh, the the Santarans mentioned that it was the greatest war ever and that they weren't allowed to be part of it. Um, they also said that the uh, legends say that the Doctor was part of the last great Time War. Um, and again, I, I, I think it's interesting that we are hearing about the last great Time War. There was multiple. <laughs> yeah. That, we that, said this before. But, it, but it's also interesting to me that... Uh, an advanced race like the Santarans have legends about the last great I know, time right? war. So it's, it's, it, it just keeps elevating, right? It's this epic intergalactic thing. Yeah. We've talked about the last great time war. That reminds me of this thing I saw the other day. It was like a review for Captain Marvel and it said, Captain Marvel has had the best box office success for any female led comic book superhero movie. I'm like the only other movie I think that fits that categorization or whatever is um, Wonder Woman. Woman, Wonder Woman, yeah. Yeah, Woman of Wonder. He was about to say. I don't know what um, I was about to say. Yeah, I I didn't understand that at all. The, there was there was a headline that I read that said like record breaking numbers, and 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 then when you get into it, they're like it's so qualified that it's like okay, so it's the most out of two. Is that what we're saying? Right. That, that's not too hard to beat. I could probably do that, maybe. Yes. All right. So our uh, Jibberty Jabberty, uh, the doctor threw out some uh, some some fun stuff about an ionizing nanomembrane carbon dioxide converter. I mean, nah, some of those yeah. words are real words, I guess. Actually, they're all real words. They are. Just when you put them together, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, Jibberty Puckery. I'm going um, to build one of these. Okay. See if it works. Go ahead and get right on that. Just make sure that you put it into a temporal pocket and keep it one second out of sync with the rest of the universe. Will do. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's such casual a conversation. He's such a good boy. <laughs> yeah, okay, if you say so, I guess Hey, Dad, I t- you tell me that every time, fine. Um, I don't know why you're an old man. <laughs> when I, when I I'm younger than you. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jiggery pokery when the Dr. MacGyver's it. Um, we had the, um, the, tart- the TARDIS. That was under the wrong thing. I put something under the TARDIS that should have been under the Sonic. He used the Sonic... Uh, kind of metal detector style to find something. And we don't know what he's looking for. He doesn't say anything. He's just pointing it and walking where it tells beep, him beep, to go beep. somehow or other. Psychic. And he, uh, ha, ha. Psychic. Uh, he ends up using it to find uh, the real Martha. Um, so there you go. I don't know if we've seen him use it in that way. No, so apparently it's a Martha detector. All right, who's Just who? have those installed every time you get a new companion. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> a little, a new little software update to the Sonic. Uh, it's like, hey, we've got a patch for you. We we now have Martha detection enabled. 
Finally, uh, got some of their DNA, so I can add it in here. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> All of them are girls. DNA just what are you doing with my toothbrush, doctor? Nothing. Why? <laughs> Why do you have a toothbrush on here? Is there even a bathroom in here? I'm confused. I'm sure there is. Why the would they not have a toothbrush? <laughs> Where do you think they're brushing their teeth? I don't know. Broccoli. What? Pardon? <laughs> Trips on a sugar high or something. <laughs> All right. Um, who's who? Who was Rose? Um, Rose showed up on the uh, on the TARDIS monitor for all of about a half a second. Definitely screaming help or something. Uh, no, she was screaming doctor. Doctor. I love I love when you get the um, remember remember when Donna did that when she was. I should binding. be on bad lip reading. Yeah, because <laughs> I am bad. <laughs> All right. So apparently, this little clip was added in at the very last minute. That clip of her hollering for the doctor was actually filmed for something else. And uh, Russell T Davies, after um, apparently her her surprise cameo at the end of um, uh, uh, Partners in Crime, her her appearance there was like set the fandom ablaze. And so Rose Russell T was like, back. "Oh, really? Let's give him some more." So he like dropped two that in there. Frames long, yeah, like really short. He dropped that in there, and what's funny is because they dropped that in there, she got credited for it. Oh, wow. So Billy Piper, uh, and I, I think we skipped it, but if you're if you're watching the opening sequence, you have David Tennant listed, then you have Catherine Tate listed, then you have uh, Freema. Uh, oh gosh, I've forgotten her last name. Typical. Huh? Freeman Agman. Um, and then then you have Billy Piper listed for I didn't see that. I don't think we I think we skipped over yeah, we skipped the opening over. credits this time. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah um so Billy Piper gets fourth billing for being on screen for less than a second for with no speaking lines for a scene that she shot for a different episode. Amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> And I'm like, man, like, what, did she get wow. paid for that too? Like, that's awesome. So, um, <laughs> here you go, five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> five bucks. I like it. All right, uh, who is Martha? Um, okay, so we got to talk about Martha a little bit because um, she's been gone, but it kind of hadn't been that long, right? Yeah, it's like four episodes. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. um, well, this is know. the fourth episode for us. It was like a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> well. But I mean, um, you know, Rose goes away and we don't see her again for a full season, right? Mm-hmm. We saw her at the end of Partners in Crime, but that means a full season went in between. Um, Martha's been gone for like a half a minute and she's back. Um, but apparently she wasn't really gone from the Hooniverse anyway. She was on Torchwood. She went over to Torchwood for a little bit. Um, of course she did. So... When, if you remember, she uh, she mentioned that she's engaged to a doctor who disappears off to strange places. I know. Tell me about it, right? I thought that was great. But um, she mentions Tom Milligan. Tom Milligan was in the last episode that Martha was in. He was, uh, he, he was, he was, uh, oh gosh, I looked it up. He He's there for a minute. They're on a boat or something. And then the boat blows up. She gets off the boat and the boat blows up. Right. So Tom dies. Mm-hmm. But remember, they had kind of a, a reset button on that episode where they went back a year and that yeah. whole year of the master never happened. Mm-hmm. So because of that, at because the end of the episode, of that, the Tars Wikia has two different 
things for that year. It does actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, so she called up Tom Milligan. He answered, and she hung up the phone just to make sure that he survived. Apparently, well, yeah. I don't remember Tom Milligan. I, he was I not either. like a. I don't think he was a big deal at all. Okay, um, so that happens, and then apparently, you know, after she leaves the TARDIS, she meets back up with him. And I, and I think all that happened on Torchwood. I think she met met up with him again on Torchwood, and they fall in love. They get engaged. Mm-hmm. So um, all of that happens. So she's she's been around for a, at least a couple of episodes of Torchwood. Now, um, now she's back, and um, she's talking about having to, you know, Doctor, you get to leave. Some of us have to stay behind, and the reason she's working with Unit is she thinks that she can change it from the inside. So, you know, typical Martha, she's trying to, you know, make, make changes, you know, not happy leaving things the way they are. Um, so if she was on Torchwood, wouldn't Uh Captain Jack have seen her at some point? Mm -hmm. Well, they met. was like his show. They met last season, yeah. Yeah, but would she have been before she met Captain Jack? They met, okay, so, so Torchwood came on. And then we and we talked about this the episode where um, there's an episode of Torchwood where he's trying to like he he does something he, I'm gonna go mm-hmm. find the doctor basically something like that uh-huh. and then a few months later the episode airs where Jack mm-hmm. actually comes running towards the TARDIS remember yes and that's when he meets Martha he jumps remember he jumps onto the TARDIS and rides Yee. it in, into the future yeah so they meet that. there it's a subsequent season of Tor- Torchwood that Martha shows up. So I don't know if it was the next season, probably mm-hmm. because of the way things aired when they did. Does that answer your question? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Cool. All right. So who is Donna? Um, I love that. Um, I, I love the, the juxtaposition of the, uh, when, when companions that are just like everyday people, remember we talked a lot about that with Rose, mm. Just everyday ordinary girl working in a shop, and they Donna got was just blown up. huh? They got blown, they got blown up. up. The first time. Uh, yeah, nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. Uh, Donna is everyday ordinary girl working as a temp in an office, mm-hmm. and her history as a temp helped her crack the secret of the Atmos factory. Yeah. Because wow. while they're trying to look into the technology and all this stuff, she goes to human resources like, and pulls out the been files. No sick days. No for sick days. Anyone. No one in the whole factory has logged a single sick day. So um, I love I love when they take you know the ordinary you person. Twenty four hours a day. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, that was fun. Okay. Um, so and then you know and then we have things like where Donna, I'm sorry, Donna Rose, ordinary girl becomes. Mm-hmm. You know, the bad wolf becomes, you know, this this nexus of, of time and space. I will delete like, literally you. the most powerful being in the universe. Yeah, right. Like Thanos. Mar- <laughs> Martha, um, ordinary person working through school. She ends up, you know, walking, literally walking around the planet over the course mm-hmm. of the year, telling people the doctor about the doctor and saving the whole planet, you know, stuff like that. So we'll see what happens with Donna. Um, I love, I love, love, love. That Donna got a big sappy goodbye speech from the doctor, oh, and then he goes, out. "And you're just popping home to say hello, and then you're coming right back, aren't you?" And she's like, "You dummy!" <laughs> <laughs> I 
And she just sits there with this look on her face like, yes, tell me all the wonderful things, you know? <laughs> She's just going along with it until the moment that he realizes, and then she finally cracks. It's so great. It's amazing. Fun stuff. Um, okay, what did you guys think of Donna's best of hits flashback montage? That was pretty good. I don't remember it, actually. <laughs> I don't remember really, it either. So. She's walking down the street. Oh, yeah. Going yeah. to see her mom and her grandfather. I don't remember most of the clips. Though. And she's, huh? I don't remember most of the clips. Well, yeah. my point was they gave her a flashback montage. This is her fourth episode. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like they were doing a 20 year reunion clip show or something. <laughs> like, what are we doing, guys, that we're showing all of these memories? Like, mm-hmm. anyways, I mean, you know, they I was were just. bridging a whopping. Four episodes. Uh, yeah, yeah, Whoa. exactly. So I don't even think it showed any clips from the uh, the I Runaway feel. Bride. I think it was just episodes one, two, and three. You know, so anyways. anyways. Um, however, um, she did get a key. So that was good. Mm-hmm. She finally, she so what's that mean? Donna. It took is, Rose like a whole season. Uh, did yeah, it? Yeah, it did. Did it? Did okay. Rose even get a key? Oh, yeah. Rose had, a, yeah. Rose, Rose had a key. Martha um, did She gave it to that guy that one time, remember? Martha didn't. The guy with the hole no. in his head? Oh. Yes, Martha didn't have a key. Well, he Martha was in the sixth episode, so she must have gotten it pretty quick. Must yeah. have then, yeah. Um, so Donna's got a key, so she's all official. Um, oh, uh, so we're, we're talking about Latin uh, before, a couple episodes ago, and we had a little bit more Latin here where... The doctor is talking to the Santarans, but he's kind of using some code to get Donna's attention. And he says, oh, that's very noble of you. You know, Donna's like, oh, that's me. That's me. He's talking to me. What am I Uh supposed to do? And he says, you know, Donna Nobis Pachem. I didn't even notice the Nobis part. Yeah, Donna Nobis Pachem means grant us peace. So, um, again, just throwing in Donna um, and, and Nobis, Donna Nobis, kind of a little bit of, sounds like Donna Nobis. This Noble. is another glitch with the translator, because as we've discussed, he's probably speaking Gallifreyan, yet it doesn't translate when he <laughs> speaks Latin and That's or true. Italian. That's true. Well, when it's, when it suits the writer's needs. Um, yeah. who is Wilf? I thought this was fun. We, um, he, he got, he finally got to meet the doctor again, right? He mm-hmm. got to meet the doctor, but then he remembers that, um, that that was the, hey that was the guy that I met on that mm-hmm. Christmas Eve a couple of years ago or yeah. or I guess this last Christmas Eve yeah he disappeared right in front of my face the I forgot about that, that part the only one that bothered to talk to me huh the only one that bothered to talk to me because he was the yeah. only one there right. no there was a bunch of other people it was the doctor and some other aliens oh, and yeah. he was the only one that uh, doctor was the only one that talked to him um, oh and then we kind of have this casual mentioning about uh, how he min- he missed the the doctor at Donna's wedding because mm-hmm. he had the flu. Remember mm-hmm. we talked about that last time. So here, there's the retcon, right? Why, why have we never seen this guy before? Oh, you remember dad, you had the flu. And so that's why you didn't get to see this guy before. Um, and um, the thing I love about Wilf is that he wants Donna to go with the doctor. Yes. He wants her to go do you, something. No, have you an go adventure. have fun. Huh? You go have fun. Yeah. And then go see all them stars and then come tell me about every one of them. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> All of them. Yes, you go see every single star and then tell me about every single one. 
Oh, you can read I'm, this. Oh, don't um, worry. It's not like I'm going to spend half of the episodes in the season on planet Earth. <laughs> Nothing like that. Nothing yeah, like that. it's not like I'm going to see you every episode or something like that. Uh, a lot of stuff about the doctor uh, this this go around. He doesn't like saluting. He doesn't like being called sir, though Donna doesn't mind them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was funny. She's like, I'll take a salute. <laughs> and the doctor kind of gives him a nod and he's like, okay. And gives her a salute. Yes, I saw. Um, he doesn't like guns. This is this is going to come up a lot. People with guns are usually the enemy in my book, he, he tells uh, Martha. Even though he pointed a gun at a defenseless Dalek once. <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the things... That wasn't a gun. That was a laser cannon. My bad. <laughs> this is one of the things about the Doctor that, that consistently bugs me. Is that he... He is simultaneously Picard and Kirk. <clears throat> By that I mean Picard, I'm sorry, early Picard, not mm-hmm. not first contact Picard where he lost his mind. But early Picard <laughs> is we try diplomacy and if it doesn't work, we try, we try it again. I mean, there's a speech he gives one time where he says that. He literally says, we try again. We try something else. We, you know, like Star, Starfleet mm-hmm. never shoots first. You know, this whole kind of thing. Kirk was... Blow them up and sort it out later, you know? Yeah. Um, except for... Stupid Kirk, no one likes you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for the Corbin mind maneuver. Other than that, he's he's pretty much shoot first, ask questions later. I don't sort. remember that one. Huh? I don't remember that one. Uh, you, uh, anyways. <laughs> I digress. Um, but that's the thing, is that the Doctor constantly does this, where he's like, no guns. Um, he's got to give the Santarans a choice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This is something that we established with... The very first episode for Tenant, right? No second chances. Yeah. But he always gives him one chance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he told he told the the gargoyle things in school reunion. Yeah. The same thing, right? He's like, I'm going to give you one chance. He he says it all the time. I'm going to give you one chance, and then I'm I'm going to break bad on you. But then there's times like you said where if it's the Cybermen. If it's, um, Dallas. if it's the, if it's the, um, Rachnos, yeah, if it's those, then genocide is totally cool. I will kill totally this one fun. remaining Dalek out of, Dalek out Dalek? of blind fury. I will drown the baby children of the Rachnos who are yeah. stuck underground and water moves way too fast. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it, it bothers me and I don't know, I don't know if we chalk it up to, it's, it's a show that runs for so long that it just can't stay consistent. Do we chalk it up to lazy writers mm-hmm. or do we chalk it up to, or, or in universe, is this just the way the doctor is? You know, the doctor's mm-hmm. not perfect. You know, Picard in the end was not perfect. And Picard in the end them, snapped. Really. Huh? I think it's all of them really. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of everything. In universe, yeah. there needs to be somewhat of an explanation, but then yeah. lazy writers, different writers and a super long show mm-hmm. run time. Yeah, and oh, that's the other thing. Yeah, I, I used to envision TV shows as being like one group of writers sitting down and writing every single episode. Nope. You know, and that is not, not how it works. Not much of the MCU. That's not how it works. Uh, well, no, not even that. I mean, like... Well, true. Different movies were written by different people, directed by all kinds of different people. They have um, somewhat of a controversy. There was, there, was a, 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 there was a little bit of a controversy there for a little while, and so James Gunn, who directed... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 was all of a sudden fired from part 3. And there was a bunch of hullabaloo about it. And I remember thinking, wow, that could make that movie a lot different. You Mm -hmm. know? And if you look at how different was Guardians of the Galaxy from 
Age of Ultron. Mm. We haven't finished it, but it is different. So just even what you've seen of it. It's yeah. very different, right? It's a different tone I altogether. I just saw this article saying how the writers of Infinity War uh-huh. actually got the um, the cast of Black Panther to shape the Wakanda scenes. How they think oh, yeah. it would best suit Wakanda. Right, right. Um, and just to put a little bow on that conversation, Peter Gunn is... Or Peter Gunn? James Gunn? What's James the guy's Gunn. name? James Gunn? He's uh-huh. back. Um, yeah, they, I, I saw that. They too. rehired him, so mm-hmm. like, yay. Actually, can, I changed my mind. Yeah. So at any rate, want you back. Um, like you're saying, though, when you've got all these different writers, all these different directors, all these different main cast, things are things are going to happen. So yeah. Um, I love that he um, <laughs> he describes the Radigan Academy as a hot house of geniuses, <laughs> and he would love to go. He gets lonely sometimes, mm-hmm. and he kind of says that as a jab to. You know, General What's-His-Face, uh, the, the head of unit there, um, kind of like, you know, oh, boy, a bunch of geniuses. I sure would like to get around some of those. <clears throat> you know, like, him, unlike him. you. Yeah. Um, oh, we got a, we got a, um, uh, we got a, a, what do we need to call this? When a, a, a poetic description of the doctor. Martha says, you know the doctor. He's wonderful. He's brilliant. But he's like fire. Stand too close and people get burnt. That's the second person to say he's like fire. Yes. Yeah. And ice and rage. Yes, fire and ice and PDW. Poetic Uh, description of doctor. (laughs) Category. PD dubs. All right. Um, He really, really geeks out at the Radigan Academy. I love that. He's walking. He's just looking at stuff, naming it. It's it's just so much jibberty jabberty. I couldn't even keep it. How does that work? (laughs) The size of an atom. I'm confused. That's fun stuff. Um, I love it when he gets around. I love it when he gets around other people. They're smart. Yeah, he's like smart. This and this and this and this, and starts finishing each other's sentences. Right. It's yeah. Like finishing each other's yes. sandwiches. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Totally. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> when he when he gets around people that are on his level and it's you know that speak or at his least language, close. So um, oh, uh, apparently he's a grammar cop. Uh, I've never heard him correct anybody's grammar before. Now dad looks up to him. Ah, uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> I love him even more. Um, now, I mean, if you really. you don't know, dad insists that we say everything. I don't correct. insist you say Yeah, anything. you do. We Not say everything. nuclear everything. and that bothers That's because it's wrong. That's why I say nuclear. 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 It's nuclear. It's nuclear. Nuclear. Um, Escalator. Ex- oh my gosh! Would you like some espresso? Um, yeah. All I'm gonna say about espresso while we're on a word on a crimes. grammar, huh? Word crimes. Word crimes. Google word crimes. Um, I'm just gonna say this: when 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 you've been through um, three rounds of of um, a house a household that has been through three rounds of nursing, the phrase espresso takes on. Just all kinds of interesting connotations. And I'll just leave it there. All right, so um, he, he corrects Radigan by saying, if only that were possible. And then he um, does the Atmos system thing. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. The, the, Can we talk about pray? <laughs> talk about what? Um, the acronym you, that was pray. Pray? Oh, gosh. Do we have to? Yes. So so what Radigan, that was an interesting thing to point out, though, that Radigan kept getting on people's case about saying Atmos system because the S in Atmos stands for system. Uh-huh. So it's like when somebody says 
PT, uh, uh, when somebody says pin number, a pin is a personal identification number or an ATM machine, you know, yeah. it's an automatic automated teller machine machine. Um, so if you say <laughs> that Atmos is really system, bothersome when people do that though. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like, whatever it's, it's, it's just weird to say pin on its own without saying number, but, um, so put in your pen. I, I have a, I have a, a list of things that I hate about, um, acrostics. Um, our, our Southern Baptist, um, uh, culture, uh, our Southern Baptist heritage is steeped in acrostics where you make a, a random word, uh, stand for the three points of your sermon or something like that, or, yeah. or, you know, make it, uh, uh, a t-shirt bumper sticker bookmark, whatever. Yeah. And I told him the worst one that I ever came across, this was in an official publication for the Southern Baptist Convention. It was a, a prayer initiative <clears throat> for Africa. <clears throat> and it said, we're gonna pray, capital P, period, capital R, period, capital A, period, Y, period, you know, exclamation point. And it said, and, it, and then it had what pray stood for. And it stood for pray round Africa Yes. So first of all, it broke the card, my cardinal rule of acrostics. Mm. You can't make the first letter, the, the word, word that it is. Mm. You can't make the P in pray stand for pray because if you do, then what does that pray stand for? Yeah, and right. on and on and on. Stands for pray, pray, pray. pray. Yeah. <laughs> so secondly, uh, pray round Africa what? and put an apostrophe. Okay, so now now the word pray looks like it's Klingon because um, it's got an apostrophe before the R. So now it looks like Paray, uh, you know, Paray the Destroyer. Which probably is a Klingon uh, yeah. word, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, actually, I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it sounds like a, sounds like a Vulcan, Paray. Uh, like Tapal, um, Tuvok, it's Paray. Um, so pray round Africa. Okay, there's the only word that's allowed in this acrostic. Comma, Yes! Which basically what? means we really don't have any idea what to make the Y stand for. So we're going to shoehorn the word around in there by making an apostrophe round. And then we're going to go comma. Yes. Uh, just it keep just, it at let's pray. Okay. Uh, yeah. How about just say pray for Africa? That's, that'd <laughs> yeah, be good. That's don't better, even try and right? spell a word. Just make it. Yeah. And here's here's proof that it didn't meet what they were hoping to, the objective they were planning on. I remember that. I remember that like 12, maybe 15 years later. I have no idea what we were supposed to pray for. I have no idea what we were praying about. I spent so much time uh, harping on that. Anyways, um, so uh, we have we have Radigan geeking out about Atmos system and then the doctor and so he uses that to correct the doctor back for correcting him before and they get into like a little bit of a nerd battle there. Dad, so you, you need to learn about this was thing so you can start correcting us all the time as well. I know why he said it. Why? He, he actually gave, he said conditional clause. It's because it was a conditional clause. So if it's a conditional clause, you would say if only that were possible, not if only that was possible. I know why he said it. I and he was correct <laughs> and correct. You're too much of a word nerd. I I've studied multiple languages. I have to know. Anyways, all right. So um, he um, he does he does despite the fact that he tries to knock Radigan down a peg, um, he does connect with him as being a clever person that's kind mm -hmm. of all alone. Um, you know, he kind of sympathizes with him, and I think the fact that he did connect with him on that level is why Radigan saved his butt later. 
you know? Because yeah. um, he, he never really treated Radigan like an enemy. He treated him like somebody who was in, in pain, misunderstood, and was making stupid choices as a result. So. Otherwise, if he didn't do that, we'd probably be on the 11th Doctor midway through the season. <laughs> yeah, there you Actually, go. Actually, I don't know. If he got fully blown up, I don't think he would even be able to regenerate. Uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be tough. Um, uh, speaking of, apparently the poison sky wasn't all that poisonous to the Doctor. <laughs> he just casually threw that out there. Hmm. Um, it's like, oh the, my it's like the Rontgen radiation. Right, yeah. Wouldn't that have been the perfect time to pull out uh, a celery? Like we were talking about earlier. That would have been amazing. If he just said, oh, don't worry about me, and pulled a celery stalk out and took a big bite out of it and then ran down the street, that'd be so great. That'd be Um, amazing. Missed opportunity. Um, Oh, Corbin pointed out that he was tasting the residue of teleportation just like he did back with the the doodle monster thing. What was the name of that episode? I don't remember. Uh, Fear Her. Oh, yeah. yeah. We talked about this one before, and we didn't remember the episode name there either. Fear Her. There you go. Um, and he says that uh, he earned the authority to speak on behalf of Earth a long time ago. I thought that was interesting. The doctor is... <laughs> he pretty much did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He saved He yeah. saved the planet plenty of times. Um, we're going to... By the way, uh, the head of unit, or, or, what, or at least that part of unit, saying uh, you don't have authority to speak on behalf of Earth, we're going to see a radical shift in that, uh, in that mindset. Uh, over the years with units. So that's uh, watch out for that. Um, and let's see, he, oh, and I think we already mentioned this. He couldn't set the bomb on a delay because he had to give the Suntarans a choice. Why not just give them a choice, then set the bomb on delay once they don't do it or whatever? Yeah, well, that's what I said. You give them a choice. If not, bomb on delay, go through, un, like, deadlock, seal the teleporters. I, I was under the impression that he was saying... He literally couldn't set it on a delay, and he had to give him a choice. But maybe I misread that. Maybe I, maybe I, maybe he was saying he can't because he has to give him a choice, and that's the only reason. I don't know. Okay. So, um, plot holes. Anyways, other stuff we noticed. Um, oh, the Valiant makes another appearance. Um, the the airship thing. Um, when the Doctor was like, "Oh, look at that! That's brilliant!" You know, the the Valiant. I was like. I don't remember the Valiant. Do you guys remember the Valiant? No. No. It was the airship that Harold Saxon, a.k.a. the Master, built, and it was where man, uh, mankind first met the Toclophane. Yeah. Huh. So that was the you Valiant. Know that now. So okay. after all that stuff went down, um, well, all of a sudden, now that I'm thinking about it, that means that Harold Saxon is the one who had it built. So if that year never happened... Wait. Anywho, plot holes. That's the valiant. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I thought it was interesting that when it was time for a synchronized nuclear strike from all the nuclear capable countries in the world, North Korea was on the list. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was interesting that they just went ahead. I pointed that one out and like. Yeah, they just assumed that North Korea has nukes. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, we got a great line from the doctor. He puts on a gas mask and then the uh, general guy asks him a question. Yeah, he says, are you my mummy? And he's like, and then wasn't he like, what? time to keep it, we need to keep it serious or something like that? Yeah, yeah, he was like, there's no time for jokes or something like that. So, um, And then, uh, let's see. Oh, um, we, there was a mention of the Atmos system being one second out of sync in a temporal pocket. And I... Is that why you mentioned that earlier? That's why I, was I said that I slightly earlier. confused. He didn't oh, know yeah. what that was. That's, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Uh-huh. Remember, remember when he scanned the thing and then all of a sudden like more of it appeared? The, the Atmos system? No. 
Okay. There's a point Maybe where I wasn't watching. He was man. he was under the hood and he was examining part of the Atmos system and then all of a sudden it was like and the the spiky looking things. That part. That part. I remember the that. The reason you couldn't see the spiky things is because they were one second out of sync. They were in a temporal pocket. Ah. Ah. That concept ah. is going to make an appearance again. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna see that some more. So mm-hmm. all right. Uh so that brings us to our classic who uh connection. Jared is gonna give us uh, some thoughts about the Santarans as well as Unit. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. It's Jared again with your classic Who connections. We have two great episodes to cover here with lots of throwbacks to classic Who doctors, enemies, frenemies, and even a dating controversy. To quote the doctor, we have so much time and so little to do. Strike that. Reverse it. Wait a minute. The doctor never said that. Sorry, I get my Time Lords a little mixed up sometimes. Corbin's face. Okay, so let's start with the Suntarans. They first appear in the first serial of the 11th season called The Time Warrior. This features the third doctor and his companion, Sarah Jane Smith. This is Sarah's first adventure as she accidentally goes with the doctor to the Middle Ages only to find a giant potato named Lynx. I mean, a Santaran named Lynx, giving modern weapons to a man in exchange for help repairing his ship. How do you stop a potato from attacking you? You hit it in the eye, of course. But how did they stop this Santaran? They simply hit the probic vent. Okay, sorry. That's the last potato joke. The Santarans continue to appear three more times in Classic Who and even successfully invade Gallifrey at one point. I didn't get a chance to watch all of the classic Who Suntaran serials this week, but I think there is a reference to them resembling a large potato in every single one. Overachiever. All right, I just got to pause and say he didn't get a chance to watch all of them? How many did you watch, Jared? Overachiever. How many did you watch? Oh, my gosh. All of this talk of potatoes is making me want some French fries, so let's get on to Unit. I know we've encountered Unit and New Who before, but that was before I was contributing, so I just wanted to add a couple of facts. Unit was formed after the serial called The Web of Fear, where yetis attack London with a deadly cobwebby virus thing. What? This is the fifth serial of the fifth season with the second Doctor and his companions, Jamie and Victoria. This is also the first time that we see the then Colonel Lethbridge Stewart. In the third serial of season six called The Invasion, we then see that Unit has been formed and is being led by the now Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. In this one, Unit, the second Doctor, and companions Jamie and Zoe have to save the Earth from the Cybermen once again. The longest stretch that the Doctor regularly works with Unit is with the third Doctor while he is exiled to Earth and becomes their scientific advisor. In my opinion, the Doctor doesn't really love Unit. They are too quick to violence, and it's too rigid and militaristic. Surprise, surprise, the Time Lord that can't obey the non-interference policy also doesn't like following orders. But while he is exiled and trying to fix his TARDIS, it is a convenient place for him to hang out. And that brings us to the unit dating controversy. No, I'm not talking about relationships between the Doctor and his companions. I'm talking about the retroactive continuity problem. You see, when the third Doctor was working for Unit, dates were intentionally sparse. 
But there are uber-Hoovians out there who have paid close enough attention to any references to dates or events and have found that UNIT must have been formed somewhere around 1979. But in the fifth Doctor serial called The Modern Undead, they say that Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart retired from UNIT in 1976. So how could Lethbridge-Stewart have retired from UNIT before it had even begun? That's why the 10th Doctor says that he worked for UNIT in the 1970s, or was it the 80s? So that's all the facts I'm going to bring you today. I loved these episodes. They were a lot of fun. And I thought that it was a great tie-in to bring us a good helping of unit along with a good helping of potatoes. I mean, a good helping of Centaurans. Okay, that's the last potato joke. I, I give it an 8.5 Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge Stewart's because his name is just so fun to say. The creep level was on the lower end of the scale for me. I'd give it uh, about 150 overall. So thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for lots of help. Goodness knows, I just don't have room in my memory to keep the facts of things like the dating controversy straight. Plus, it was a little distracted dreaming about potato-based dishes the entire week. Thanks for having me on, and I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. We, Fun stuff. We, we have made far too many potato mm. jokes this episode. <laughs> I don't think they look that much like potatoes. Um, me either. I well, I think it's more of just kind of a, a, a running, running gag. gag, you know. But I mean, yeah. they they are they are somewhat potato looking. But uh, so unit, uh, I did want to throw in there in addition to what Jared mentioned about unit. Unit was originally named the United Nations Intelligence Task Force, but the actual United Nations asked them to change it. And so it now stands for Unified Intelligence Task Force. And uh, I can't remember. I, I think that that happened during New Who. I think that when UNIT first showed up, the first time we saw them, I think that it was United Nations Intelligence Task Force. And then, it, you know, in subsequent seasons, I don't think that was a change that happened during the break. Um, so just wanted to throw that in there. Um, overall ratings, Jared gave it uh, 8.5 Brigadiers, except he, he gave that whole name. I'm going to have to go look that one up for the show notes there. But uh, Corbin, what do you got for your overall impression? Uh, well said. I don't know why. Moving along. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like, though, that these episodes are getting harder and harder to rate each time. I okay. I don't know why. This, I mean, this episode was not... Horrible, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it was High pretty praise. good. <laughs> it's pretty good, but I guess I'll give it... Not one of your favorites. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I guess I'll give it 7 out of 10 potatoes in my original. <laughs> All right, Tripp, what do you got? I'm going to say I'm going to go a little bit higher than what Corbin had. I think this was... I say this a lot, but this is one of my, like, one of the better episodes. Okay. <clears throat> like, to me, there was not a lot really wrong with it that, mm -hmm. like, didn't make sense. But there were some, like, potholes and stuff. Potholes? Not potholes. Plot holes, sorry. And it just seemed like a better episode to me. So I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to agree with... No. 
I'm gonna go a step higher than Jared. I'm gonna go eight point seven. Wow. wow. Eight point seven what? Um trip doesn't know. <laughs> eight point seven. Uh duplication devices. Duplication yeah. devices. That nice. thing was freaky how it came out of the <laughs> yeah. green liquid. Uh, yeah, that was uh, especially with the mouth all like sticking together. That reminds me why. He's like, okay, we use this simple mind control thing on these guys, but for you, we're gonna need something more complicated. Because they, they needed her to be not just a drone. Oh. Needed him to, needed her right. to be able to interact with the doctor and stuff. So and to actually so be like a memories. person. Yeah. So um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go kind of in Corbin's direction. Um, it was it was a good episode. It was fun. We had some laughs and things like that. Um, as far as like most memorable episodes, um, here's what here's what I remembered about this episode. Um, one, we we see the Santarans for the first time. Um, I had completely forgotten that Martha came back. Typical. I. <laughs> Uh, the only other thing that I remembered was Atmos because I had seen this episode and then shortly afterwards we had moved here and we, uh, when I went to turn on the gas for our new place that we're living in, it is provided by Atmos Energy. Really? <laughs> it <What>? really is. <laughs> so I took a, I took a screenshot of the, the company website and sent it to our friend, my friend Ruth, who's a fellow Whovian. And you said, post that. Huh? You gotta post that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll have to do it. I sent I sent the screenshot over to my friend Ruth and I was like, I don't know, should I be hooking this up into my house or what? And she was like, Get out, get out now. So, gas company. Um so I didn't really it, not not super memorable again. It was fun. It was fun. Um but I, I just feel like we're headed into some some better ones. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this one down to six Martha clones out of ten. Mm. So um creep level, I'm gonna agree with Jared. Um, except that, like like Corbin said, um, I think that um, I'm going to go 175 out of 500 because uh, mainly because of that clone thing. Um, yeah, just because that that scene was disturbing when it comes up and like the mouth is stuck together, still like uh, like Neo style from the Matrix. Uh, that that bothered me a lot. So, uh, Trip, what do you think? Um, I think I'm going to go close to what you had. I'm going to go 168. Okay. I think this one was, like, it wasn't, like, a creepy one, but it had its parts, like, the cloning device and how the guy, like, how all the people are, like, seemed like robots, kind of, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. Yeah. So, I think this was, like, not really a creepy one, but, like, Had it, its moments, yeah. Yeah, had, had its moments. Corbin, what do you think? Uh, here comes my very complicated ranking again. Mm-hmm. All right. Probably 100 for the existentialism that we're about to get into. <laughs> 54, the sky being on fire. Okay, that's true. And then I guess yeah. an extra five because of the potatoes. <laughs> so what does that bring you to? Uh, 155, I believe. 155. Will, I don't know how to math all the time. Judges, so. check the math. All right, looks good. Right. All right, so yeah, Corbin, let's talk about existential crises. What do, what do you got? What do you what do you want to talk about? Um, seeing your clone die yeah. just seems very strange. You're literally watching yourself die, and especially in those yeah. last moments, 
where she really became Martha instead of being some nodding yes clone that right. just mm-hmm. follows along. Mm-hmm. When she really becomes Martha, and Martha is sitting there watching her as she dies because of Martha. Mm-hmm. Martha's memories were unplugged from the machine or whatever, and now she's dying. Just imagine watching yourself die. That must be really weird. Like, just right in front of your eyes. Like, this person that looks exactly like you, talks exactly like you, and says is you. all is you. In yeah. of your memories. Almost every sense of the and word. And you just is you. met, like, yeah. three seconds ago, and suddenly she's, like, killing over, like, falling yeah. on the... Uh, suddenly, wax- like suddenly, let's talk about life. Yeah, and like <laughs> waxing all poetic about, um, you know, like you have so much life to live and all this kind of stuff. I mean, she's literally been alive for like that day. Yeah. You know, so there's like not you know, even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not even 24 hours. Um, something I didn't think about until you said, you know, she was dying because the, the thing got taken off. Uh, can we talk about the fact that the doctor just straight up murdered her? Like, not even caring. Just like... Okay. Ah, you're a fake rose. You're a fake. No you don't cares. deserve you, to yeah, live. Yeah, but, okay, so... There... There is an episode coming down the road, all right, where the doctor is going to have... Uh, we're going to have... Huh? We're going to have, we're gonna have clones. I'm just going to say, we're going to have clones, and the doctor is going to have a much different take on clones. Now, 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 this is Eleven, okay? So granted, it's a different doctor. Each doctor kind of gets to be their own person. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, he totally just ripped that thing off her head knowing that the Martha clone gonna was just going to keel over yeah. momentarily. Before yeah, is there nothing you can off, do about it? Of course, she's down here because y'all need the memories. Yeah. He's just fully aware of what he just did. Right. And like, and like he isn't had there to some any way you choice. can sonic it and MacGyver it and fix yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, jiggery like, pokery that thing. Give yeah. her like she was just born, has all the memories of Martha, and she is doesn't alive. know why she's doing this. Right. She and is basically a person. She is as much of a person as the Santarans, because the Santarans mm-hmm. are a clone race uh-huh. so yeah. it's not that she she wasn't a robot she wasn't made out of plastic or something and she had a sentience a lot of stories encounter with their clones they don't realize like when a peep when someone is going to get themselves cloned they don't realize the clone is going to be basically a complete copy of themselves right we I think we talked about a movie before where someone wanted to get out of doing work. Multiplicity. So they just cloned himself. Yeah, uh-huh. Michael Keaton. And, and they didn't want to do it either. They, so yeah. they created right. more, the clones same person. more clones and more clones and more and more and more and more. Right, right. And, and, and so, yeah, nobody so you're talking realizes about, Corbin, you, you're talking about existential crises about seeing your own clone die. How about the fact that this was totally, I mean, this was a legitimate, it, if, if the doctor had done like Tripp said, mm-hmm and said, no way, we're not going to let her die. She's Martha just as much as you are. She's not going to die. I'm going to I'm gonna figure out a way that we're going to get you out of this thing. She didn't want to be born like this? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, she would have lived a full, normal life. Like, so she would, she is Martha, mm-hmm. like we said. 
except for slightly that, mind controlled. Yeah, slightly mind controlled. But I'm sure you you just you just wave the sonic and you get rid of that part. And so from that point on, they diverge and they grow differently and have different life experiences. And she would have had a complete other life. Mm-hmm. And instead, he's just like yoink, you're dead now. Yeah. What the heck, Doc? Where did that come from? Like, yeah. Okay. Wow. Like, Boo. Huh? Boo on the doctor. Doc, that was, that's that was not, not consistent. Do- and again, Sorry. this is what I'm talking about, right? No, we're going to try diplomacy. We're going to give him a chance. Except for this clone thing. <laughs> you know, like, poo No just about that one. You're just yeah. dead. And, um, yeah. Let's, and, let's remember to examine the doctor's approach to clones in the future. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about and, that some more. So. Okay. That also reminds me, we were saying, you know, <laughs> he could have jiggery-pokered it. <laughs> He could have figured out a way that they both survived. Right. The same way he could have done with the timer if he really, really (coughs) wanted. He could have found a way to create a timer for that thing. Right. But it was more dramatic to have Martha watch her clone die and be told, take life by the horns and seize the day and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. By herself. By herself. It's just weird. All right. Um, Let's see. Um, Now we're going to come up to listener input. Yeah, so everybody loved Hold My Beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to cough up a brain. Um, <laughs> we had uh, several comments about it on Facebook. Um, I, I think I may have even gotten an email about it. Um, that they, they Everyone thought that was as funny as I did, so that was, that was fun. And I did, as promised, when I listened back to it. I think I was standing in the kitchen, I don't know, doing dishes or making a sandwich or something, and I just had to stop whatever I was doing so I could laugh. Set down everything, pause the podcast. Down right. I'll admit, I haven't even listened to it yet, okay. and it was unexpected. Like, it was <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Um, we also have a new review from uh, IDS Shark, or I, IDs yeah. Shark. IDS Shark 626. Yeah. Um, just simply says, it's awesome! So, And I, I think we have some furries in our group, because we have IDS Shark, Gator Boy, and Galaxy Cat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Two out of three of those are, are uh, aquatic animals. So I don't know if we've got a theme going on here yeah. or what mm-hmm. the deal is. So, uh, so that was all of our, our listener input. Just a lot of fun uh, being had with that. Uh, the game plan, uh, yeah, we're, we're, just, um, we're just continuing to move forward. Um, actually, let me, let me take a look real quick if I can get there real quick. I mean, we don't really have anything special coming Except up. Except for, like, our 50th um, episode. We have that coming up in a couple uh, episodes. We are coming up on, on 50 episodes. Um, we still we don't know what we're doing. Really all right. On I'm going gonna, gonna to throw it out there. I'm going to throw it out there. All right, listeners, um, we have kicked around some ideas. Um, where we landed, <laughs> where we actually landed was... Let's not do anything different. Let's just say, hey, looky there. It's the 50th episode because yeah. we didn't want to overwhelm ourselves. <laughs> you yeah. guys know our, our recording schedule. Um, we tend to get off. And when we get off, we get off for like a long time. Yeah, uh, like- so rather than doing that, um, we were just going to, hey, let's let's just do the 50th. Um, so if you guys have anything that you want to share on the 50th episode, uh, give us a holler and let us know. We are set to be doing... Uh, let's see, 49 and then 50 would be, um, episode 10, which is midnight. Um, so if you've got some, some thoughts on that, 
or something that you want to do. Um, or if you've got just a fantastic idea for something we should do for our 50th anniversary, email us in at noobsinthehoovian at gmail.com or message us at facebook.com slash noobsinthehoovian. And uh, and let us know. Otherwise, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep rolling along. That way, we don't get ourselves yeah. tripped up and everything. So, uh, so we are set to do the Doctor's Daughter, and then uh, the Unicorn and the Wasp, and mm-hmm. then we are set to do a Timey Wimey. And um, I haven't, um, guys. I've got something. I've got. Uh, <clears throat> huh. We were set to do something, and as I've been reviewing it. Here's what it boils down to. We were, we were going to do buy his bootstraps. Yeah. And um, that sucker is hard to find. Uh, but I found a pot. Yeah. I found a podcast that has a classic radio uh, version of the story. And it's not going to be exactly the same as what we've heard. It's yeah. It's the one that, that I've played for oh, you guys. Um, I can't find the thing in print to buy like anywhere. Um, but uh, the. The radio broadcast version of it, it's a little sweary, and I forgot about that part. Um, you know, it's not... We are family-friendly. Yeah, so. yeah. So so I've been I've been back and forth about um, what I want to do with that one. We'll just we'll write down the script, but replace all the <laughs> curse words with curse words from the good place. Uh, and we'll be, we'll be done with it. Vegetable sticks! Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, I, I've been, I've been toying around trying to figure out what I want to do with that. Um, the next timey wimey, did we have another, okay. Our next time you want, all right, let's do this. Let's kick the can. Let's kick the can down the road. Our next timey wimey after that was scheduled to be prisoner of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. What if we just swap them and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about what to do with the other one. What do we think? Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. So Make it easier. Our, um, and now I'm also, I'm, I'm going to say that our, um, our take on Prisoner of Azkaban is going to be the movie. All right. So we're going to. Not the book. The not, not the Mainly book. Mainly because the movie has a whole lot more time traveling in it. Oh, yeah. does it? Actually, yeah. There's a lot more stuff that happens with the time traveling in the movie. That is completely ah. original there. Great. Okay, well then let's definitely do the movie. All right, so um, in a few weeks, uh, we will be doing The Prisoner of Azkaban. So so up next, episode six, The Doctor's Daughter, then episode seven, The Unicorn and the Wasp, then we'll do The Prisoner of Azkaban. So you have until then to find The Prisoner of Azkaban. And if you haven't seen, uh, that's the third movie? Yeah. Third. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't seen any of the other movies, feel free to watch part one and part two, and get all caught up, or even do the books if you want to. And um, I'll tell you what, if you can. Um, Corbin, put me a note in there, and we will also uh, link up to it on Amazon uh, mm-hmm. for folks. And um, uh, if you guys can use our Amazon affiliate link, um, as we've said in the past, if you use that to um, to make a purchase on Amazon, it doesn't change your experience at all. All it does is at Amazon says, thank you, Noobs in the Whovian, and gives us a little bit of the uh, the cost of whatever you bought there. So, mm-hmm. And by the way, uh, just as a note on affiliate links, anytime you click our affiliate link, it's going to it's gonna um, apply, I think it's anything you do for the next 24 hours. So if you click on our link for Prisoner of Azkaban and decide not to buy it on DVD or rent it from Amazon or whatever, but then you decide uh, you do need to uh, get some more hair gel, I buy my hair gel on Amazon. I don't know if anybody else does. Um, if you do that, um, we still get credit for that. So um, there's there's 
benefits for us for you clicking that link even if you don't actually buy the thing that we're recommending so um every time you go to buy something click on our link that's what we're saying much yeah. what i'm saying yeah just come on over to the website um, but no seriously we'll, we'll put a link up there so that you guys can find prisoner of azkaban and have access to that and get that done in time so um i think that's all we've got for the game plan and everything that's coming up like i said our our next thing is the the doctor's daughter you saw that on the next time um Anybody, real quick theory, anybody, quick theory on what the deal is with the doctor's daughter? It is the doctor's daughter. Okay. So Susan's mom, is that what you're going with? Yes. Ah, okay. Or, or aunt. Or aunt. Could be. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Um, Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is that guy. Hi, I'm Trip. And our production editor is this guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia and to Jared for the Classic Who Connection segment. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs in the Whovian or email us. Uh, you can message us directly there or you can email us at Noobs in the Whovian at gmail.com. Uh, you can also check out our website, Noobs and the Whovian where you can see the full show notes and uh, get some extra stuff there. Uh, please subscribe and uh, wherever you found us, leave us a rating, leave us some stars, share us with a friend uh, because not because we're an awesome show, but because we watch one, right guys? Yes. Awesome. Until next time, my name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. and these are my sons, Corbin and Trip. And, and we're the Noobs. We'll see you next time. Bye. You didn't just hear Trip's existentialism over there. No, Who is anybody? <laughs> Uh, what? What is love? I'm like, who's Mr. Connor? He's like, who is What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Beautiful singing. No more. It'd be even more beautiful if it was recording. Yeah. Is it? Please say yes. <laughs> Sweet! Yes! Mm. Sweet home Alabama. Where the skies are so dead. Oh, I went dark. How are the skies dead is what I would like to know. Uh, it sounds like an episode of Doctor Who. Why can you not find it? No, I found it. Hello, hello, noobs in the Whovian. Uh, it's Jared again with your classic Who connections. <laughs> we have two great... Hello, what the... Hello, hello. <laughs> hello, Jared. Everybody do your best, Jared. Hello, Whovians. I'm not very good at impressions. Huvians? Huvians. Wahovians. You left the realm of Jared, and I don't know where you are anymore. (laughs) Okay. All right, live from Master Closet Studios, this is Jared. Hello, noobs in the Huvian. It's Jared again with your... See, I told you.